0: Welcome to episode 18 of two pre-sales and a pod so joined by myself adam freeman and as ever don carmichael Hi, don. hey we're back again Whoops. we're back again so uh, we're also joined this week again by tom edwards and mark green because it was that successful mainly because of mark's revelation of his using his face as a mouse mat last week that we've invited the guys back again so welcome guys thanks for coming on again
1: brilliant thank you hello
0: lovely to be here so let's start with the, um, with the obvious. You'll have seen anyone who follows our LinkedIn channel, we, we put a message on there, um, which was about kind of the future of the podcast and, and where we want to go. We're thinking ahead in terms of obviously a, re- a return to hopefully more normal life before long and the time commitment obviously involved to, to, to do this, um, an ongoing commitment. We firmly believe in democratisation of our knowledge and you know of helping people. And I just a big shout out to all the people who've reached out where it has actually helped your careers and, and the positive thing, but that's exactly why we do this. Um, and so the big statement we're making here is that um, Mark and Tom have agreed to join the podcast as hosts officially on a we've signed contracts now we are fully on board we've paid the transfer fee um they're joining us so we're now effectively we're going to keep going as two pre-sales in a pod but we're going to rotate around all four of us and i think the you know we, we reached out to the, the the best minds that we possibly could they didn't answer the phone so uh we then picked up the phone to to tom and mark but no in, in all seriousness It's giving us a level of stability to keep this going, to really drive the the quality and elevate our profession. And we just we just firmly believe in helping you guys as as much as we possibly can. So keep the feedback going. If you want to be on the show, as always, join us. Um, And I think that's fair to say, isn't it, Don? Anything else you'd add?
2: I'm over the moon because these are two people who are. They've got great content out there. You know, they're hugely credible in the in the pre-sale space. And, you know, a lot of you may, may have already met them through, you know, what they publish and through LinkedIn. So over the moon, I've known, you know, known them for ages as well. So, you know, huge fans of what they do. So I'm really over the moon that there's four of us now and it'll be any two from four.
0: Brilliant. And um, in in the world, if anyone's watched Wolf on Wall Street, you'll see the famous speech about I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to recite that word for word because of the explicit content, but we're going nowhere. That's the statement we're making. We're here to stay and we're here to grow. So with all said and done with our new co-hosts now, let's talk software tools of the trade. So last week we did um, physical tools of the trade. We got very, very passionate about, you know, webcams Mm -hmm. and and this kind of physical um, pieces of kit that we have in our toolbox. And now let's talk about the software side of it, because that's probably or arguably the area that's seen the most development, actually, in the last couple of years where you've got pre-sale specific content as well, hasn't it, Jen? So... Shall we start with the kind of, I think there's two camps to this, isn't it? Because there's so much we could cover. There's the the software that helps us communicate with our customers and do, do our, our pre-sales as a job. And there's also the software that we use maybe to help our own productivity and our, our own world be a little bit better. So shall we start with the customer facing the kind of the bits that make us our pre-sales job S? So who wants to kick off? Because we want the you know the the bits of software that you absolutely could not do without. So let's bring in Tom.
1: Well. I've got to say, I think you hit the nail on the head. We've seen so much development over the last couple of years. I'd say even in the last year, because of the pandemic, everyone has had to go remote, haven't they? All meetings are now remote. So we've seen all these new features popping up on these conferencing tools. So like Zoom, like GoToMeeting, like Teams and all of that. And I think this is probably, well, for me, the number one most important thing for solutions consultants and pre-sales to master I think you've got to know your web conferencing tool as well as you do the software that you're actually demonstrating because it's all about communication and if you can utilize it effectively it's going to make everything a lot easier in your interactions with clients so there are things like you know knowing how to lock the meeting before you have clients joining so you've got ample time to prep or can you effectively hand over control to your are the presenter, uh, things like that, just making it really smooth and sort of frictionless for for your audience, I think is really, really important.
3: I completely agree, Tom. You know, at the start of the lockdown, we had people presenting using tools that they really weren't used to. And so when sharing your screen, you'd share your screen, or people would share their screen and then get rid of their calendar and then get rid of their previous chats, and then get the PowerPoint up, at which point now you've then shared your calendar with the world. So um, I think people are getting more used to it now, um, and and that's a fantastic thing. I think there's still, still a bit of learning to do, and some of the tools aren't quite there. Zoom has done pretty well at getting itself out of a hole. It was almost blocked by the whole world. Um, uh, but until it, it it became almost a noun, you would um, shall shall we zoom? Mm. Unfortunately, now that's backfired. Now the phrase is zoom fatigue. So that's something I bet they don't want. Yeah,
2: yeah. I was I was going to says Don. So I was going to add that the uh, it it, it oh, there's a whole behaviour now about wanting to see each other, and you know we were talking before this call about phone calls. You know, like. Uh, scares the living daylights out of me if I get a phone call. It's such a surprise because no one does it anymore. We all want to kind of use Zoom and be able to kind of see each other. There's the, um, the research that a lot of people refer to, which is Moravian, which is the, you know, the bit about, what is it, three quarters of communication is nonverbal. And, and I think if I remember it, it's something like 57% of communication is like body language. Um, so I just wanted to make a because th- I actually had to look into this and find out that the whole thing's a load of rubbish. It was like, you know, <laughs> it's a, the research was based on a really small group of people and all this kind of, but um, even if you don't believe the research, there's an element of truth in any of this, which is that, you know, humans, we kind of communicate through the eyes. We want to see each other and, you know, and, it, and this goes all the way through to kind of, you know, like human evolution is that we've been so successful because we were really good at building communities and communicating with each other and that's you've got to see each other to be able to do that so this is like the default mode now you know doing phone calls just feels like it's missing so much it yeah
0: I think it's it's partly because the, the- personal world and the work world have just collided because you know we're working on our houses but then we're also interacting it's how we're interacting with even family members now isn't it you've got these people who are you know in jobs where they would never entertain a corporate zoom or teams meeting or something like that that are using this technology and so it's suddenly just come into our world and it's in everybody's world on every device that's out there so I think it's more important that everyone is used to it and I think etiquette comes into that as well as the software doesn't it is yes the platforms have developed and you look at how much teams has advanced in in the last year and how that's got it's got the chat function you've got the likes of slack as well that people are exploring slack where maybe they wouldn't previously these kind of chat rooms and that kind of functionality as well and you know we're big advocates of that is as long as you're getting the tools and you've got the toolbox to stay connected be that with your co-workers or with the customer actually I spoke to someone this week who said emails always come in secondary now to those instant message type communications, so LinkedIn messaging, you know, and all these kind of messaging with a customer. Emails are falling back down the chain a little bit, whereas, whereas they were previous. I don't know if you'd agree with that or not, but...
1: Yeah, yeah so... I, like
3: go on, Mark. Well, we both agree, but Tom, you agree <laughs> first. Strongly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I was, abs- was going to say I completely agree with that because instant messaging it really is instant where especially internal communication where you just need to get an answer now and it's going to be short and sharp I think even people are using that so much more than they were previously because people were falling back on email Um, I've got a little story actually I think why sort of web conferencing to clients is so important to get right Um, this is coming from my own experience I, I had a client this was a couple of years ago where all throughout this sales cycle, we'd been using our preferred web conferencing tool and it worked perfectly. Um, And we'd gone right the way through the sales cycle, working it for about nine months, 12 months perhaps. And we'd done an RFP and it got to the final stage, this final presentation, um, basically presenting what we'd put in our RFP and our proposal. And they were bringing in a huge amount of additional stakeholders to see that final stage. We thought we were in a really good position. And uh, they suddenly said at the last minute, oh, do you mind just using our web conferencing tool? And we said, yeah, that should be absolutely fine. And that was a huge mistake and something that I've learned such a big lesson from because we'd never tested um it working with their web conferencing tool and it turns out there was something to do with our firewall which was stopping us from sharing our screen and it would work for a couple of minutes and then wouldn't and it was a disaster and this was the final presentation for a big client to win it um and honestly I think we almost lost that deal because of the technology because it doesn't matter what you're presenting it doesn't matter how you how good you are at demonstrating software if you have that kind of technical failure, that can jeopardize a whole opportunity.
3: Oh, for sure. And you know, Tom, that's exactly why we would have previously not even dreamed of rocking up without our own projector. Yeah, you, know, you take your projector in the back of your car, because if you arrive, I mean, I've done it before, we arrived at a, at a prospect, we got shown through, you know, these lovely plush office meeting rooms at the front, the front of the building. Now we weren't in those, down the corridors, down to a room with no windows, all crammed around a tiny a tiny desk that had been put in the center of the room with extra chairs, and nowhere to um, to project around the walls. Uh, that's why preparing the stage upon which you present yourself in the best light is really important. And and yes, relying on, on other people is not necessarily what you'd do, um, but you can't rely on them either. Sometimes Um, we were in a business presentation recently, and someone—I—I don't know whether they knew that their camera was still on, or they just didn't care. But they're eating lunch, but like eating sausages, with by just stabbing, stabbing the sausage, and just like, (laughs) like, I mean, it's it's fine. We lead busy lives, have lunch, but. Maybe turn the camera camera off.
0: I think just go back to the kind of the you know the the software aspect of this. Obviously, it's I think what we're saying is it's really important to get to get comfortable with whatever platform that you are using. And I also think for businesses actually post pandemic, where maybe we're a little bit more remote based than we would have entertained pre pandemic, actually having a backup as well. So if one of the platforms goes down or if a customer can't get on, can you switch to an alternate? You know, have you got Teams? and zoom have you got these alternates go to go to meeting all of these kind of bits of software and they all have their own quirks don't they and i know don you'll i'll ask you in a minute because you've got some real good tricks to do with the likes of zoom and stuff when you're facilitating isn't it and some of those skills but one of the uh, one of the listeners so ketan mystery big shout out messaged me this week with a great tip to include in the in the podcast this week and, and thank you for doing that um it was a, a feature that he um, particularly uses in uh, microsoft and we've all been on it where we look at the zoom and can you see my mouse and someone wiggles the mouse furiously uh, like there's the most angry mouse in the world uh, controlling it and, and everyone's kind of taken aback and what he does is he puts the um, the, the ring around the mouse, the, the Microsoft feature where you can put like a halo around the mouse, um, so it always draws attention to where he's clicking and moving which means his, his button actions are um, and his mouse movements are way more um, intentional than they otherwise would be, which I think is a fantastic tip, right? That there's stuff baked into to, to Windows um, on Mac as well that help you do this, right?
1: I've got another tip along those same lines. Personally, you, I use the, the mouse settings feature in Windows. You can make your cursor a lot bigger and you can make it black, which I find really shows up a lot better mm. if you've got a white background on your software interface especially if you're doing live demonstrations with a low-res projector it just makes it really easy to see that cursor so big fan of that
3: really Um, interesting how how some of some of the mouse clicks that we would have been trying to show these days you can get around needing them to see some of it with the mouse just by forming the narrative so they know what it is that they're they're looking at especially if they're not 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 looking at the screen or they can't can't quite see, you can, so long as they follow what it is that you're doing, they can see a drop down, they don't need to see exactly where you clicked. And I think sometimes we can fall into the trap of because it's important to us that they see exactly where to click doesn't necessarily mean that, that we're we're selling, selling the vision by the fact that you click, click quite there.
2: I was just going to move the conversation on about, you know, using kind of Zoom and things. I was going to go move the conversation on to using whiteboard uh, techniques within virtual things. But one of the things I wanted to kind of say about um, using kind of Zoom, Teams, whatever, you know, Google Meet, whatever it is, is that how much more now you've really got to keep an eye on, on you know, everyone else's camera, if, as long as you've, you know, they've turned on their camera, because, you, you know, a lot of presentations, fall foul of the fact that we end up kind of, you know, lecturing really when it's supposed to be a conversation. So it's that that ability to look at all these different cameras and look, you know, is someone about to ask a question? Did they not get what we just said? You know, have they disengaged? You know, have they got the phone out and are actually on you know, uh, it's not grinder. whatever the other one is, you know, <laughs> the actually multitasking way, you know, and you are not focusing. Are you, you going to have to start using, you know, using their name and kind of try and draw them back in again? And um, so, uh, you know, so facilitate. So that's a facilitation thing is trying to draw in different people and have a natural conversation. That is tough. Boy, oh boy. You, you almost need someone who's going, you know, never mind doing a presentation or demo, just 100% of the time watching what's happening on the cameras.
0: Shall we talk whiteboards? I think that's that's a really good place to move on to. And I, I would argue that that's one of the places, apart from the conferencing tools that we use, has seen a lot of development. So um, I know Mark shares this with me, big fans of uh, Miro. So Miro.com, you can go oh, on. yeah, That's an interactive whiteboard. Zoom and Teams have both got whiteboards built in. Um, there's also on Mural.co, I would give them a shout out. The good thing here is that I think it's important to try something because you would naturally pick up a pen and draw on a whiteboard on site. And I find it incredible how few people actually are brave enough to do that in, in the remote world. And I think that's partly based on what we chatted last week. Have you got the tools to do that? Because no one wants a nineteen ninety-five paint-esque kind of pixelated drawing of something that's just not remotely like what oh, you're Oh, I think I'd appreciate painting. the uh, the vintage style. <laughs> in three paint. different colours, and that's it. Uh, yes, um and that's it. But the great thing is you're never gonna run out of ink in these things, right? But the what they've got is they've got a lot of inbuilt templates and they've got things like that. So for ideas generation, I would argue they're potentially better than a physical whiteboard now. Um so things like Miro have got a um a freemium version, what you would call. So you can create up to three boards, and you can get to explore them. It's got things like Kanban in there, ideas generation, process flows. Amazing. I know, Don, you're a massive fan of Lucid Chart as well, aren't you? Um, which is probably worth bringing in, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, before we get to Lucid chart, I mean, I've tried out various kind of whiteboarding tools and things. And actually, I, I quite like uh, Microsoft Whiteboard, which, you know, yeah. doesn't have to be built into your tool. And the reason I like it is you can use it like as a collage. So you can have some photos and things you've pre-built somewhere else. And kind of, you know, just move them around. And it's also got auto-shape detection. So if you, you know, draw a square, it'll go, oh, I think you're drawing a square and actually do a proper square for you. You know, so there's some quite clever things inside there. And um, But again, all of these need these things need practicing in. And if you're going to tell a story, practice that loads of times, how that all fits together. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> Mark or Mouse Face, as he is. And, <laughs> uh, you can't see the, for the... For the um, uh, yeah, for the listeners at home, Mark's got instead of his name, he's got Mouseface. So please, if you want to know the story behind that, check out the previous episode. <laughs> it's
3: almost like it's almost like I planned it. I didn't, but I, but no, that's that that's worked out well. And you know what? These this these collaboration tools mid meeting, we used to collaborate by saying, "Oh well, let's bring up a word document and start filling it in, and then you send it to me, and I'll add my stuff." And and then it moved on to SharePoint. And so you could start editing these documents yourself. But that's that's using the tools that we had to try to make it fit. Now we've got these tools that work wherever a person is, and you can use it for your customers as well. We did a similar thing looking at a business case. We we had all sort of, this was on Miro with the post-it notes. And so we had pre-built some post-it notes. And it's a great way to check our understanding in a very, very visual way we've got these things, are they going on over here? And the customer says, no, look, it doesn't, it's not quite like that. But they get involved. And, and we're always trying to make, make a meeting as engaging as possible. I've accepted this is not suitable for all of them, obviously. But those workshop meetings, bring the customer in. We can have the experience that we have of doing this all the time. And they get to be, you know, they get to drive it.
1: You know what, I couldn't agree more, Mark. And uh, I've used a couple of, other bits of software that go a little bit beyond whiteboarding, where they really take the participants' interaction. It makes a really interactive, if you're doing something like a a discovery workshop, I find these can be really useful. There's a tool called Nureva, where you can basically put a QR code up on the screen. People can use their phone camera and type things in, and they're gonna pop up as post-it notes on your board, which you can then, talk through so if you want to go through your client's pain points for example they can input that and they can see their submissions appearing on the screen and then you can do things like have a Group discussion: How can you prioritize each of these pain points, and how can you map them to the solution? There are other things like uh, Mentimeter as well, if you're doing polling in terms of a big discovery <laughs> workshop or something like that. Um, you
3: can't see this. Adam and Don are just not in their heads, <laughs> like those <laughs> like those dogs <laughs> on the front of the cars. I know that Adam, you're a big. You're a big Menti fan, aren't
0: you? Oh, huge, huge, um, and I think. It's it's the challenge that these whiteboards. We're all talking about a similar theme here of how do you retain engagement and kind of get to the point faster. We live in an, a very instant world now, and I think some of us have. It's easy to forget that actually that we're used to a big drawn out sales cycle. Well, maybe it was always that way because we didn't get to the point fast enough some of the time. Um, we were kind of victims of our own, you know, our, our own kind of process. And I think having the customer and this, you know, the ideas we talk about buyer enablement. Actually, these tools really promote buyer enablement because what they do is they put the customer right at the center of the interaction. They're saying, here, I'm going to facilitate now and you're going to give me all this content. And a customer who feels heard, a customer who feels valued, a customer who can effectively express their ideas and pains and future state that they want to get to is so much easier to help, isn't it? So much easier to visualize a solution with them than someone where... Maybe they're articulating, and it's really hard to put that into a Word document where you're traditionally taking notes. I think what we're saying here is that the software tools we're talking about, we're not really using Word to make notes now. We're using collaborative note-taking techniques through these online forums that actually, you could argue that they're more effective than being in person some of these kind of sessions, if if you get it right. Definitely. And I...
3: Have you done any of these cahoot quizzes through lockdown? Family Amazing. stuff like that. Amazing. Amazing. You know, I never realized how much I didn't know until my other half started setting the questions. Um so but the, I wonder if you could use that as a discovery. But no. five or six options up, say, do join join the Kahoot. We're gonna do gonna do a quick fire discovery about XYZ.
0: And then I'm just all...
3: bring it up. This and they go,
0: yes no, yes, no, and then I'd we're ar- done. I'd argue one of the next areas I think we should cover is, is video content and those kind of tools that support video content. Obviously, we've had Garen Hess on a couple of shows ago talking about consensus, which I know all of us on this panel are huge fans of. I of need it. that. And, and, and the progression there, we're, we're huge fans of what that does in terms of what it does to the overall profession. Um, It is more than a, a, a um, just you know putting videos there. And we, we talk about that in that episode, so please go listen to it. But... I would say you've obviously got tools like consensus. you've also got the likes of Vimeo, even YouTube to an extent. And I think that whole video culture and embracing that is, is so important to our job, isn't it? Yeah.
2: I was just going to say, we did say we were going to have a quick chat about Lucidchart, so... Oh, let's I'm go sure back. Make sure we tick that one. Oh, off yes, important. Yeah. <laughs> so Lucidchart, I'm a huge fan of that. If anyone's not tried it, if you remember, was it Vizio? Microsoft Vizio, that yeah. charting yeah. tool it's basically a cloud version of that uh, but but it's got a lot more integrations Um, And it's got these absolutely brilliant kind of icon catalogs, things like, you know, if you're a network designer, you know, all all the kind of technical stuff, you know, you could do, you know, swim lane things. It even integrates into uh, Salesforce. You could uh, graphically draw up um, what uh, a client org chart, you know, or a buyer map, what actually it looks like. And I mean, it's one of those tools. It's so broad what it's capable of doing now that it's actually, you know, just jump on for a kind of a free look at uh, what it can do. and. And be amazed because I yeah, I'm a huge, huge fan of that. Because then you know, anything that you can anything you can do and get away from words and present in a visual fashion, because you you know, up to the age of seven, we were all very confident sketchers, weren't we? I don't know what happened. Well, school happened after the age of seven, but you know, inherently we that's how we remember, isn't it? We store pictures and create stories and touch the two things together. And
3: where, where's it coming? Sorry, Adam, just think where is it? going because if we are here now and looking at where we were these tools have come on the market over the past few years in a few years time there's gonna be a whole other set of tools and it'd be really interesting to think about that at some
0: point perhaps a future episode yeah. Well, did you see the, um, if anyone uh, gets their geek on like we like to, um, if you go and look on YouTube at the Microsoft Mesh announcement that they made next week, I don't know if anyone else saw that, it was this idea that at some point in time, where obviously at the minute when we do these virtual meetings, we're, we're a certain amount of pixels in a certain amount of box, and that's what we're constrained to. The whole idea with Microsoft Mesh, and, and please go and watch the video because it's, it's absolutely fascinating, is that through the kind of halo lens type technology the glasses what would happen is you would have a meeting with someone and they would be in your space so they would be it's almost like augmented reality meetings where you would collaborate on ideas i i genuinely think that's where we'll be and i uh, i can see that happening the problem there would be barriers of how expensive that technology is but you think years ago how expensive was cloud technology versus on premise and that that we got over and i can see Mm. that in that augmented reality I can see that and I, I think this pandemic will accelerate that kind of technology. And, I think and we will. might not want to do that
3: because yeah. we're like, oh, well, my level of acceptance is I'll go on video, but I don't want to expose my room to the world. But the people who will, who
0: will come after us will be like, yeah, that's cool, man. That's that's normal. Well, that's the thing with augmented reality is that you don't worry about the background because it's, it's your room. They're in your room. It's the, it's the object that gets transposed into your, um, into your reality. So actually, backgrounds will it's disappear. It's going to be amazing. Um, it's just a person. I think that's, that's where it will have to get to for it to be acceptable. So, yeah.
2: I was, I was going to say, because I, I, I saw that they, um, was it a couple of years ago, they had uh, avatars. You don't have, mm. avatars, you know, which is my one and only chance not to have grey hair. <laughs> so, um, I can see that you know it's a natural. Just use the technology. Where could it go? Um, can I just go off on a tangent and then we can come back? So, th- there's one tool, that's almost nothing to do with this, which is a, the tool called Picker Wheel, um, which is a, if you've ever used it online, it's probably like for an online quiz thing. It's um, it's like a wheel thing that you spin round, and might have different subject topics on it. Uh, so here's a challenge because I haven't had the confidence to do this yet. I would love to do a meeting where you've got, let's say, five or six topics and you start it off and go, right, instead of doing it from, <laughs> from one to six or one to one to five the topics in a linear order, why don't we spin the wheel and see which topic we're, we're going to do first? Oh, look, it's popped up with number four. Let's talk about insight number four and do a demo on that. I'd love someone to try out now and, to, and tell us how that worked.
0: I'm going to set you a challenge here, Don. That um, I, I think Don, I believe Don's going to be talking at Demo Fest, right? Now in in the not too distant future, I think you should do that at Demo Fest <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. a live audience of thousands. Let's spin the wheel and see where oh, we yeah. go. And if it lands like? on a star, you win a toaster.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and all, all the people at quiz shows who won a, a speedboat, but they lived in an urban area. Mm. Mm.
0: So, can I advance the conversation a little bit in terms of maybe productivity and software because again that's seen, that's an area that we've seen a lot so there's the likes of calendly and these kind of booking systems that make the, the diary management a little bit easier. I'm aware of new there's new tools I keep seeing on LinkedIn that kind of harmonize this kind of holistic view of your, of your whole world not just your work calendar with what the kids are doing and all the rest of it. Um, has anyone got any kind of software that helps with productivity and that kind of um, that kind of thing?
3: Ooh. no, it sounds like we just
2: wing it. <laughs> <laughs> I see everyone jumping. Yeah, once. you
3: know, Teams has been the biggest productivity. It's it taken a while to uh, for everybody to get on using t- Teams, t- the Teams within Teams as opposed to just chats, but now it hangs so much of the SharePoint architecture underneath the files. That has been uh, instrumental.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And there's, there's obviously bot technology as well that we're seeing creep into our world, isn't there, where there's these kind of simple bots that, that deal with the automation and the, and the repetition um, of tasks. I know that's something I've personally explored and I'm a big fan of. Um, so you're going to see that kind of technology coming on. I think there's there's definitely what we're seeing when we're talking about these things is a move away from the d- traditional tool set, which was PowerPoint, Word, Office. Those tools are getting reinvigorated. I, mean, I, was, t- I was telling... um. The guys, before we came on on, on air, there's a great um, tip of mine, which is if you've got the Excel or Word um, app on your phone. So, if I'm, I mean, I'm an iPhone user. Um, I haven't tested this on Android. I will, I will caveat. If you go into the Excel um, app, there's a button at the bottom, which is a camera button. If you turn it on, and let's say you hover it over, like, the nutritional guide on the back of a piece of, um, you know, piece of food or packaging that you've got, it will basically read that document that information and put it into an Excel document for you. That's so useful for when if you're in pre-sales and you're having to take customer data and they haven't given you it in an editable format and you're having to re-key or key that manually and big quantity of data where maybe the accuracy might suffer then or just time. Actually that's a huge productivity hat. And I, I wish I'd have known about that seven, eight years ago with my manufacturing background when I used to physically get a bit of paper, which was maybe a you know a list of parts and things, and I used to have to type it all out. Well those kind of tools have come along, and that's a huge, huge uh, productivity hack. I would give you there. So, yeah. Anyone got anything else they want to cover in this kind of software? Coming for the last few minutes here now, really. So,
1: well, we we talked about things like consensus and how video is really coming into our world of pre-sales. I think a huge one are the follow-ups that you can send out, and whether or not you're using a tool like consensus. If if you get a tricky question in a client call or something like that and it might be a bit too much of a tangent perhaps you can send just a 10 minute or even a five minute video after the fact to help explain it i use screencast-o-matic for that kind of thing when you're just trying to record a really short quick demonstration and it doesn't need a lot of heavy editing um, there's a free version of it and it is so easy to pick up and learn the basics and it's not like you're having to learn a whole new video editing software it's really accessible and it's free or there is like a pro version that's a couple of pounds a month Mm. um but that would be my big recommendation
0: Mm.
2: so right right behind it i'm a big user of it. Um, it's even got the capability to automatically import your Zoom. If you do a Zoom video, it'll import straight into uh, wow. Screencast-O-Matic and allow you to do the light editing that you need. Uh, yeah, I think I'll pay like $3 a month or something um, for like the pro version. Yeah, really pleased with it.
0: And there's other, I mean, there's other tools I've just thrown into the mix in terms of product. I think that's an amazing um, tip, by the way. And I'd fully endorse that bit of software. There's things like there's the Microsoft Task Planner um, and To-do and all those kind of tools, where they're great for making sure that you um, that you get your follow-up done and you can just create a quick task and create an action list and things. I think that I'm a huge advocate of things like that. Um, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked at the end of last show. And last show we said, what physical thing can you not do without? And we all kind of got very passionate about our one thing that we couldn't do that. I'm going to ask you the same now about software. If I took everything off your laptop, you know, and your devices, and you could only have one bit of software back, what are you having back? What do you take? What's your desert island bit of software? Go on, Don, lead us off.
2: I was going to say, to my shame, it's PowerPoint. And, uh, and I tried when I started my business six years ago. I desperately what I did was I bought two Chromebooks, um, and the idea was I am never using software that, that needs a platform. It's all going to be in the cloud, and I very rapidly had to buy a proper laptop because I didn't realise how much I would need uh, PowerPoint. And it's not for what you think. It's not really creating slides. Is it? It is an unbelievable. Um, graphics you know picture manipulation tool Mm -hmm. Um, and it's outstanding for that it's just all the stuff that you might call it bloatware you know that you know you you know they used to say things like Microsoft Word you only use five percent of what it's capable of well PowerPoint I'm using (laughs) I'm using the 95 percent that no one else uses (laughs) if you know what I mean but yeah so I couldn't I was like surely I don't have to need a proper version of PowerPoint but it turns out wonderful I even create little videos in it It, brilliant tool
0: and we're gonna do a we're gonna do a specific show on PowerPoint. I think we've decided as well, haven't we? So yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely worth it. Go on then, Tom. What's your what's your one bit?
1: So I actually can't believe we haven't even had a chance to mention. So I'm glad you asked this question. It's a little bit of software called Zoomit.
0: Oh yes, yes, yes. Honestly, I
1: I use it <laughs> most days, even in internal calls. If you're ever having to show a bit of your software, because when you've got such a complex user interface where you've got all kinds of buttons and text on your screen you often just need to zoom into a bit of your screen to show the bit that's the most relevant that you're talking about and you can do it with any application you press a hotkey on your keyboard and it can zoom in it also allows you to do some light annotations on your screen so it it almost feels like you've got a video quality presentation but you can do it on the fly real time i love it
0: mark what are you, what are
3: you going with well there's so many i mean how do you pick <laughs> and use so many different things, but I guess I, I'm helped out by, with this answer because there's a piece of software that I that has been transformational in the way that my 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 whole career as a pre sales person has has changed over the past few years, and it's one that I have that I decided to invest in myself. Um, so I thought I better invest to make what I do to bring bring the heat. And so I invested in the Adobe suite. So yeah. Premiere Pro, Photoshop, that whole suite means that if I need to edit a bit of screen or do a thing, a picture, you know, I used to be a photographer. So Photoshop is a breeze. Premiere Pro ups the video production. Um, I didn't have to, but it's that decision to say, I'm going to step it up. Um, and, if, and at 50 quid a month, that proves that, uh, that I picked it for a reason, because uh, if I didn't believe in it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay for it.
0: And I'm, I'm a human
3: advocate there, so.
2: yeah, I, I, I was going to say, um, for anyone who's listening to this and gone, well, what about all the topics to do with it, all the new pre-sales platforms that are coming out? So, um, so there's like Vivian, uh is out there, like pre-sales operations platform. There's the Hub.Inc, Prescale, Prelio, Avneo, Pre-Sales, Ops. There's a whole new family of tools out there. We, that will be going to be a future yeah. episode uh, on that because oh, yeah. it, these are fairly new to the market. But this is, uh, for anyone who's in pre-sales, um, I'm sure all of us are going to end up um, kind of using these tools because it's so focused on what we do and how we perform. Yeah,
3: so I maybe- can't believe we haven't covered RFP software. Yeah, we... <laughs> the whole thing. Well, we we wouldn't have time for anything if we were still doing our RFPs by hand. So yeah, maybe that'll be another episode as well.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you my shortlist, okay, and then I'm I'm going to decide because I'm that guy who orders. Oh, up you get to pick and, more, do you? And changes their <laughs> mind, and everyone's waiting for dinner, and I still can't decide between what I want. So I'm torn between. Okay, Microsoft whiteboard. I'm a firm believer in. I love that, and I love it on iPad and and how you run a meeting. I'm torn between consensus because genuinely over the last year it has i I can't understate this it's been my best friend um it's it's really really changed the whole angle of how we do pre sales it's just revolutionized uh, my world if i'm honest um and i think the final one is camtasia and i think if i'm honest i'd probably pick camtasia because i can't get the quality much like you said about adobe um, mark i need to make things repetitive and i need to make sure the quality is there and i think video editing is a huge part of our job now we've supported it from day one i think that i, I kind of need all three i'm going to chicken out i need all three i'm not dropping one i've well, made he's you got a big off. island i'm having three you know but i set the rules so um yeah i'm, I'm having three you guys can have one so <laughs> so with that said we've got um, an amazing topic next week and um, we've got um a guy coming on who's going to do um presentation coaching and and that kind of thing really excited about that next week so i'd just like to say thank you to everyone any tips you've got feed in um but gents thanks again for your time um, and we'll see you soon yes bye
3: everybody Bye. bye